0: WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. That's WonderfulPistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 1104. You Can't Shame Yourself into Health and Hotness, part two, by Jesse Neeland with markfisherfitness.com, and I'm Dr. Neal, your host and narrator. Hey there, happy Wednesday, and welcome back to Optimal Health Daily, where I simply read to you from the best health and fitness blogs for free. I cover fitness, nutrition, stress management, weight management, and lots more, just like an audiobook, but from a bunch of different authors, and always with permission from the sites, and with a little bit of my commentary at the end. Now, it's the middle of the week, and like I do every Wednesday, I want to give you a little bit of inspiration. So, as you listen to these episodes, and really any of the old podcast family of shows, instead of asking yourself, why should I bother trying any of these things? Ask yourself, why not? Now, today's post is part two from yesterday. So if you're new here or are skipping around, I'd recommend listening to yesterday's episode first. That was episode 1103. But if you're all caught up, let's keep this intro nice and short and hear part two as we continue optimizing your life. You can't shame yourself into health and hotness. Part two by Jesse Neeland with markfisherfitness.com. Starting out. Unfortunately, many people in our body obsessed society only think to begin a health or fitness program because they feel insecure or negative about their bodies. Women and increasingly men are especially vulnerable to suffering from negative body image, which means they often approach food, fitness, and other health habits as a way to fix their flaws or lose enough weight to finally be acceptable. With endlessly layered and conflicting beauty and body standards, along with increasing pressure to look flawless, our society encourages us to see certain kinds of bodies, lean, fit, thin, muscular, as good, right, and worthy of love or attention, while other bodies, pretty much everything else, as bad, gross, wrong, and unworthy. So is it any wonder that when your average Joe or Jane takes up a new health or fitness program, they're coming at it from a place of fear, shame, negativity, and a desire to fix what's wrong with them. It's easy to see why so many people fail to reach their long-term goals, think they hate exercise, have disordered relationships with food, and generally blame themselves for not having enough willpower. An alternative. How would your relationship to health, fitness, and nutrition shift if you moved away from shame-based motivation and moved toward acceptance and self-compassion? While this isn't something that will be changed overnight, in fact, this may take years of work if you've been deeply entrenched in shame your whole life, but here are a few places to start. One, focus on how you feel instead of how you look. Instead of spending your mental energy on what you want to change externally about your body, focus your attention on how you feel inside and how you want to feel instead. Then, pay attention to how you feel as you make changes and how you feel after making each change for a few weeks. How do you feel when you go for a 20-minute walk every day? How do you feel when you don't? Tune inward to the immediate changes in how you feel with each behavior, instead of outward to things like weight, size, or appearance. Two, dismantle the hierarchy of bodies. A lot of the shame we feel about our bodies comes from old, deep beliefs about which bodies are good or desirable, and which are bad or undesirable. I call this the hierarchy of bodies. Marketers and advertisers capitalize on and even create this hierarchy in order to make money, so it can seem more like fact than opinion. But think about other eras of history. Fat, pale, small-breasted, and even hairy women have all been the height of beauty in different cultures and different times. Today's body hierarchy is all about prioritizing thin, lean, fit bodies but those bodies are not objectively better than any other kind of bodies. Start to challenge your thoughts and beliefs about which bodies are good and which are bad by asking where you learned them and if they're really true. Three, uncouple health from thinness and leanness. Many people assume that getting healthier means losing weight and that if you're losing weight, you must be getting healthier. This is not true. Health doesn't look any particular way and it does us all a disservice to assume that lean or thin is healthier than average or fat, because not only does it reinforce the hierarchy of bodies, meaning some bodies are acceptable and some are not, it also puts our focus on external feedback, like size, weight, and numbers, instead of how you feel. Get educated about the fat bias and fat phobia that are so common in our culture by reading books like Health at Every Size, Intuitive Eating, or Body of Truth, to help yourself uncouple these two unrelated concepts. Four, change your self-talk. Pay attention to when you say unkind or shaming things to yourself about your body, your character, or your habits. Would you say something like that to your best friend or a child? If not, then why are you saying it to yourself? Bring awareness to these negative self-talk messages and interrupt them with something neutral or positive. If you're not ready to replace, my body is so gross, my body is beautiful and amazing, that's okay, don't force it. Try replacing it with something neutral, like my body gets me where I need to go, or it's okay for me to look like this. Instead of focusing on what's wrong with us, we have to start focusing on what's right about us, refusing to buy into the narrative that some bodies are good and some are bad, and offering ourselves the same kind of compassion, kindness, and understanding that we offer everyone else. If you do this, you might discover that you naturally want to eat more nutritious food, move your body more, get more sleep, drink more water, or otherwise take better care of yourself, all because you know that both you and your body are worthy of love, care, and respect, and that you deserve to thrive and feel your best. You just listened to part two of the post titled, You Can't Shame Yourself into Health and Hotness by Jesse Neeland slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been wrestling with the idea of, should I throw my mask away? But I just wore it for about an hour. And I don't think reusing an N95 mask is a good idea. This is where Castle Grade comes in. Their masks are not only reusable, but they're also easy to clean, won't fog your glasses, and made of soft silicone that doesn't leave marks on your face. Most importantly, they allow you to breathe easier, unlike regular cloth masks that wrap directly over your mouth. Castle Grade was created by Dan Castle, who's been a managing director for Martha Stewart's brand. Their N95 masks are FDA registered, and you can wash them as often as you need in a dishwasher. CastleGrade is truly the maker of the last mask you'll ever buy. To get masks for your family, just visit castlegrade.com and enter discount code OHD at checkout for 10% off your first order. That's castlegrade.com and use code OHD at checkout for 10% off. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. So much of what Jesse discussed can be put into practice with one simple tool. You're not gonna be thrilled about it, but hear me out keep a journal. Jesse recommended that we ask ourselves how we feel after we finish that 20 minute walk versus how we feel when we skip it. Keep those notes in a journal. Let's say after listening to this podcast, or again, any of the shows in the OLD family of podcasts, and you're motivated to try some of the things we discussed, whether it's improving your relationships, regaining control over your finances, or walking more often, keep a log of your progress. Say you've planned out your meals for the upcoming week and you've mapped out which days you're going to spend some time walking outside. Write it down. Use a calendar and put it on the refrigerator. Now, the week may go really smoothly or unexpected events may come up and things may not pan out as you'd hoped. Either way, keep track of what happened. If it went well, awesome. Put a smiley face or a check mark on the days when that happened. Make a note of how you felt when that happened. Now, if you missed your walk or instead of cooking at home, you had to grab a meal on the run, make a note of that too. And again, write down how that made you feel. Study after study have found that simply writing these things down can help you stay on track towards meeting your goals. And even if you go off track a bit, keeping a journal can help you get right back on it. All right, that'll do it from me for today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening every day. I hope you're having a wonderful week so far and I'll see you back here tomorrow where optimal life awaits.